Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to this week's edition of Panel Riot. Again, this may seem very familiar to you, but let's talk about DC Comics. No one wants to know the man who stands to face the outgrowth. He's too noble and too Great stuff. Thanks, Stan, for the theme song. It is so hot. (laughs) It is so hot where I live, and hopefully it is temperate where you live, but probably not because I know most of my listeners either live in Pittsburgh or Texas. (laughs) And Texas is not known for its cool weather. Sorry, guys. Sorry, Tonio. Shouts out. Uh, so, welcome to Panel Riot. I'm sorry about the heat. And um, I'm sorry if you can hear a fan. Because it's a thousand degrees. Leave me alone. Leave Stan alone. Stan? Stan, buddy. Stan, you're doing good. He is out. He's... I don't even think... I don't even think he is high this week. I think he just... He's just... Can't take this heat. Um, everybody knows that Stan is uh, uh, from Alaska. Born and raised. Moved to Pittsburgh to get get himself an internship. So, uh, he's not built for this heat. He's like that clay reindeer in the year without a Santa Claus who ended up in Southtown. He's even got socks on his ears to make him look like dog ears. I don't know why, but I don't ask Stan why he does stuff anymore. Stan just does what he wants. God bless him. Uh, Folks, (laughs) this week we're talking about DC Comics more. More DC Comics. They keep releasing these things. I I, I don't know. I don't know if you guys read a lot of comics, but... (laughs) There's new comics every week. They keep coming out with comics. Especially DC. They are one of the top offenders. Just every week with this. Let's write and produce comic books. Constantly. It's like... It's like it's their livelihood or something. Which doesn't... I mean, does that make sense? If... Listen, if you can make money uh, making comic books, then what am I doing podcasting? I'm making money. You guys are great. Thanks to the Patreon subscribers <laughs> for making it so that I can make money doing fun fun business here on podcast time. Oh, Jesus. I immediately invalidated your faith in me. <laughs> in the same sentence, I'm thanking you. Uh Anyway, DC just keeps coming out with comics. They just keep doing it. They just keep doing it. And they do it for so long that their stuff gets all tangled. Their storylines. And they've got to correct it. They've got to correct the course. Right the ship. Narrow the broadband. What? What? And they did that with this rebirth business. And I've been reading these rebirth titles. 
you know previous episodes I was reading before, and I read some some Batman and some Superman, and um, some Green Arrow, and I had a real good time doing it. So I thought, you know what? Let's read some more. DC's on a roll. I'm enjoying myself, having a good time. Stan's having a good time, sleeping through the podcast. Watson's having a great time because he's a cat, and why wouldn't he? Um, so I read some more comics, and uh, this week, well, all right, let's let's start off uh, with the not so good. <laughs> this this segment, this bit might be a little bit short because I read Aquaman. Rebirth and yeah, full disclosure, there was a time that I enjoyed Aquaman, and obviously it was the Justice League cartoon when anybody enjoyed Aquaman. Nobody enjoys Aquaman otherwise. Mira is such a more interesting character, who's his wife, and she just hangs out in this uh, this particular issue. She just hangs out. She just kind of like is the oracle to his Batman, sort of. Except they're married. Uh, no. Probably not oracle. I don't know. She's the Captain Picard to his Riker. They were kind of married. And, um... This comic sucks. I'm sorry. Aquaman's fighting a, a terrorist organization called the Deluge. Deluge. There's a lot of ways to pronounce it, and I'm not going over all of them. I'm just not. So, uh, he's he's fighting uh, mainly just this one dude named the Deluge, who's riding, I think, a giant alligator? I don't know. It seems super big in the beginning, and then by the end of the uh, issue, he's just punching it down, because it's normal alligator size. Uh, it seems to be a terrorist organization, but uh, he only seems to fight the one beefy Lex Luthor looking guy which is fine um, there's a lot of backstory as to how he's the king of Atlantis and yet I just filled in all the backstory with him being the king of Atlantis um, now at one point he's, he's eating in a place called Sam's Seafood which is great sure um He's just eating his people, I guess. Who knows? Why not? <laughs> Let's have Aquaman eat seafood. That's the most interesting thing in this entire comic. It is. It, there's nothing else. No, that's not true. I tell a lie. Um, Black Manta shows up in the end. And he's like the classic-looking Black Manta with the big, weird helmet, like the, the big Stewie Griffin head helmet with the red eyes and a giant knife. That's great. Hey man, if the comic was about him, I'd read it. But it's not, so I don't. And I wasn't kidding. This comic is dull. I'm going to tell you who the creative team is so you know who to blame. And then I'm going to go to commercial, because I got nothing else to say about this comic. It's straight up boring. Let's see here. Who do we got? Who do we got? Let's find the page. Is that Abnet? Is that Dan Abnet? Where's the page? Oh, I'm going to have to edit this part out. I probably won't, though. It's too hot for editing. Seriously. Seriously, you can't edit a podcast when it's a thousand degrees. 
Dan Abnett wrote this. Scott Eaton and Oscar Jimenez were pencilers, sorry. Mark Morales and Oscar Jimenez, again, sorry, were the inkers. It fine, you know, it looks it looks okay. Yeah, sure, perfectly good. The end. Commercial. You know the kind of job I'd like? No, what's, uh, what's that? I'd like to be the official taster for the Petri family. Boy, just think of all the Petri wine I'd get to taste. Petri to the right of me, Petri to the left of me. What a life. What wine? Yeah, I wouldn't mind having that job myself. <laughs> you said it. <laughs> the Petri family, you know, really knows how to make good wine. They've been making wine for generations. And because they've always owned and operated their own business ever since it was started way back in the 1800s, well, the Petri family has sure piled up plenty of skill and experience. Yes, they've been handing down in the family from father to son, from father to son, the fine art of turning luscious grapes into delicious wine. That's why you can't go wrong with any Petri wine. It must be good. Because Petri took time to bring you good wine. And we're back. We're back. Uh, folks, that was uh, that was a little... A little crushing, and I'm sorry for that. That was a bit much. I, I was hard on Aquaman Rebirth, but it sucked. Um, and uh, here's the problem I have. I read uh, a few of these DC Rebirth comics, and I tried to read The Flash Rebirth number one. I tried. Operative word is tried. And I skimmed a little. I tried real hard in the beginning, and it just it wouldn't click with me, you know, uh, he, there's another Flash that came back, which is cool, great, uh, was it Wally, yeah, Wally came back, great, Flash brought back Wally, who's another Flash, Kid Flash, sure, the, the key is that they're remembering things that happened that they forgot about, because the new 52, right, anyway, this other Flash is back, I don't, there's a part with Batman at the end that seems interesting because they're investigating and um, whatever. I I didn't enjoy this comic, and I'm not going to make you slog through that again. Uh, and I, I also kind of flipped through um, Teen Titans Rebirth, but I, I'll be honest with you, I did not... That didn't come home with me. <laughs> That's not... Uh, that, nah, no, no interest. Who cares? Um, so what I'm going to read you... Or read you talk to you about now is a comic that I actually did enjoy and don't worry we'll get back to the to the rebirth afterwards but I, I'm, I don't want to sit here for an entire segment making you guys listen to me complain about comics that's not what this show is about this show is about good comics and enjoying comics and loving life I love life I love that it is a thousand degrees because when a tiny breeze comes through it makes it feel so much better you know, you appreciate tiny breezes when it's a million degrees and you've sweat through everything. Wacky Raceland. Now, bear with me, folks, because there's some weird stuff going on over at DC. Uh, they own the Hanna-Barbera, right? They, they own the whole shebang. And so they are making a big, weird, connected universe out of the comics. Which, okay. Why not? Let's get into it. Um... 
this one is based off of the Hanna-Barbera cartoon Wacky Races, which I loved. I didn't get into Wacky Races until college. Um, I was seeing this girl who was way into Wacky Races, and um, she liked to she owned them all on DVD and liked to put them on. Uh, to help her fall asleep, and as a result, I got way into Wacky Races. It's an oddly, really, really entertaining thing, and I really, I, I had high hopes for this comic, and it panned out. It's, it's a weird, it's almost like a satire of dark and gritty reboots, but they really make it work, because they still mix in that campiness of the original cartoon series, <laughs> As a result, you get something that's that's just wonderful. So, we start at the Armageddon Bar, where the parking lot is full of cars, and the cars are talking to each other. Right? Peter Perfect... Peter Peter Perfect... Oh, boy. Peter Perfect's car... I'm going to wear that failure like a badge of courage. Uh, courage? Honor? I don't know what the saying is. Peter Perfect's car, which looks less like a penis in the comic than it does in the TV series, is um, is talking to Penelope Pitstop's car, and uh, also Dick Dastardly. D- D- oh man, it's going down! It's going down! Dick Dastardly's car, uh-huh. uh, which has a giant uh, lizard jump on it, like this eight-legged lizard that pees on his car, and so he destroys it. By he, I mean the car, and then a guy throws up on his car, and everyone laughs at him, because apparently there's this weird, like, you're kind of... Dick Dastardly (laughs) and Muttley are supposed to be the villains of the piece, but you also are supposed to kind of feel sorry for them, right? And I guess also their car, (laughs) because a drunk guy throws up on the car, and all the other cars laugh at it. What is that about? Anyway, we cut to the inside of the bar. Cut to the inside of the bar where, uh, you know, all your favorites are ordering boozes and drinking and so on and so forth. There's a guy who's wearing a bear's head as his head and a bear claw as his arm, which we get into later. There's uh, there's the, uh, the hard-to-pronounce Dick Dastardly with his red and black dreads and Meccano Mutt dog is it no it's robo mutt they call him robo mutt but mechano mutt is so much more interesting you're welcome dc and there's another guy who i think is the red baron who has the most amazing hairdo i've ever seen it starts at the back of his head and goes in the shape of the mustache that comes around to the front of his head it's really strange and awesome (laughs) uh and uh, of course peter perfect is there also drinking a bar fight immediately breaks out. Immediately, uh, the someone... Oh, no. It, no, that's not what starts it. The bear guy, the bear human man, does grab the bartender, but that's not what starts the bar fight. Spoilers. Penelope Pitstop is hanging out, and she's clearly very drunk, and she's saying, you know, make mine a double, blah, 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 blah. And then this uh, real creepy guy shows up with big with three heads. He's uh, some kind of mutant. He also has three legs. And uh, these, I don't know how to describe them, tiny gray alien looking guys. There's like eight of them. And they're all wearing leather jackets. 
finishing each other's sentences. Real creepy. You know how you do. Um, I think they're the, the anthill gang, but I'm not sure. Penelope beats the crap out of the three-headed, three-legged guy, and that's what starts the bar fight. And <laughs> Dick Dastardly is, of course, sad, and he said... Let's try to finish this quickly. I really wanted to take a break and forget today's disappointment of a race. He's so sad. He's so sad. And he is a black guy. We'll get back to that. Cut to the Uber Pass earlier. Huge, giant spread page that's got each and every car and each... Did I say spread page? Splash page. My brain is melting. Do not hold me accountable. All the cars, all the racers, and everybody's name is listed here, so you know. And they, the thing is, they didn't change the names of the cars, so they're really campy and really ridiculous. Um, like the gruesome twosome in there, creepy coop, but it's covered in like skulls and uh, skeletons, and one has a giant cannon coming out of its mouth and fangs. It's nuts. Um, let's see here. So there's the uh, professor. Let's, let, let me see if I can do my wacky racist voice. I haven't done it for a very long time. Driving the number three car, Professor Pat Pending in his converter car. Number six, Sergeant Blast and Private Meekly in the Army Surplus Special. Number seven, the Anthill Mob in the Bulletproof Bomb. Creepy little guys, I was right. Number four, the Red Baron in the Crimson Hay Baler. Number 10, Rufus Roughcut and Sawtooth in the Buzzwagon. Sawtooth? Huh. Number 1, the Slag Brothers in the Bouldermobile. Number Z, the Gruesome Twosome in the Creepy Coop. Coupe? Depends on what country you're in. Number 8, Lazy Luke and Blubber Bear in the Arkansas Chugabug. Number 9, Peter Perfect in his Turbo Terrific. Number five, Penelope Pitstop in the Compact Pussycat. And finally, number double zero, Dick Dastardly and Muttley in The Mean Machine. Cut to the island of Aegina. Aegina. I'm sorry. Penelope Pitstop is dying in a flood, and she is saved by, quote, the announcer. The announcer is uh, suspending her in light and has modified her car so that it has guns and a voice. She talks to the she talks to the car and then the announcer and the announcer says, "We've been watching you, and we put AI in your car and it's programmed with memories of your past together." Anyway, putting her real in a putting her in a real weird outfit, while also giving her this uh, this offer to race in the wacky races and you know every time you win you get closer to being released into um a uh, 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 paradise or utopia or whatever so um but why what would happen if she said no would she get to keep the suit did she just get a sweet suit how many people said no and just showed back up wherever they were taken from in their weird new racing gear so think about that next time you see somebody dressed in something that you think is weird don't judge. Maybe they got dropped from a wacky races because uh, they said no, or maybe they just uh, dress like that and you shouldn't judge people. Anyway, Dick Dastardly is uh, summoning some sandworms and the sandworms attack everyone and flash two, cut two! Uh, Armageddon Bar, 
during the bar fight. Everybody's, uh, the whole team is coming together to fight all these uh, jerks, the townies, the locals, and everybody gets to show off what they do. Some people are, there's a scientist who's electrocuting people, and there's a guy with, I guess, thinks like spawn makeup who's chainsawing a guy. It's crazy. It's real crazy. Cut to the Uber Pass. I think what we're seeing here is the view from um, the announcer's point of view. And the announcer's talking about sending a swarm of Africanized battle jackets. And you can it, it shows um, status of the different cars and the different people, like competitors, a state of emotional aggressiveness, and level unstable, and so on and so forth. And anyway... Somebody says that uh, the announcer isn't a witch. She's an Aryan goddess channeling the Fuhrer and testing us to create a new master race. I don't know who says that. Probably the Red Baron, you know, for character. And uh, the announcer says, that's one theory. I've heard plenty. Uh, Peter, at this point, gets his moment uh, to have a little character development. And he jumps down to rescue Penelope Pitstop and fails. And she ends up rescuing him, which I think was actually, that was the thing on the show, too. Uh, that happened a lot. He was always the, you know, a bumbling guy with a giant car that looks like a penis. But um, Penelope throws a grenade into the sandworm's mouth and the sandworm blows up. And she says, this gives me an idea while she's walking through the viscera. Cut to the bar. You've got the bear guy, who is uh, feeding a guy to Muttley, which is great. You've got the scientist man, who's injecting a guy with uh, something. I think it's that same guy, actually. And uh, he's very quickly foaming at the mouth and dying. And even Dick Dastardly is punching a guy and saying, good to see somebody getting what they deserve. Unlike us, huh, Muttley? We're so close. And then Muttley goes, because he's a dog with uh, stuff on him. Poor Muttley. I like Muttley. He seems happy, though. I mean, he seems real pleased to be uh, in this partnership with Dick Dastardly. It's probably better whenever than whatever he was doing before, which was being outside. I mean... His car has got all kinds of technology in it. it. I'm sure it at least has air conditioning, right? So Muttley's got that going for him, along with some sweet metal spike teeth outside of his regular teeth. So Dick Dastardly and Muttley, I'm just enjoying saying it now. I really am. Dick Dastardly. Uh, they almost win, but Penelope Pitstop is riding a sandworm with her car all the way to the finish line, and she wins. And they have a little back and forth later where uh, he says, let's see here. Uh, if I did that, everyone's, or by he, I mean, of course, Dick Dastardly says, if I did that, everyone would say I was cheating. How is that fair? And then she punches him and she says, you're a bastard. And then she grabs her hand and says, oh, I hate your stupid goggles. So do I, really. They look real dumb, man. Uh, back to the bar where they've beaten everybody up. And they're like, all right, fine, we can sit and we can relax and, and have a good time and have a drink. And then the announcer shows up. And they're like, nope, going to have another race. And then Dick Dastardly, who is almost sympathetic up to this point, uh, smacks Penelope Pitstop on the ass. And so she punches him again. What? I don't know why. I don't know what's happening there. 
Um, and they walk off. She says, you're a complete turd. I'd beat you to death if it wasn't so much fun beating you on the track. And he says, well, thank God for small favors. And Motley says, her. Which I think, if if I remember correctly, in the show, he would always go, <laughs> like his laugh. That was his laugh. So maybe that's what's supposed to be happening. I don't rightly know. Um, this is a good comic. It's bonkers. Totally nuts and a blast. It's a lot of fun. It's violent, but it's not gory. It's funny, but it's not trying too hard. Although they use the term asshat too much. Too much. That aside, it's it's a blast. They kept just the right elements from uh, Wacky Races to make it interesting. And uh, it, it's a lot of fun. Written by Ken Pontac. P-O-N-T-A. Yeah, Ken Pontac. Uh, art by Leonard Manko, colors by, hmm, Marianne, that's just bad type work, that's bad fonts right there, Mariana, or Marianne Sanzone, um, and, uh, it, it's great, I highly recommend it. I never thought I would say this, but I want you to buy a DC comic that is also a reboot of a Hanna-Barbera cartoon, who knew? Go by Wacky Races. It's uh, it's a lot of fun. There is also a uh, like an origin story kind of uh, for Lazy Luke and Blubber Bear, and it's pretty brutal. But you get to learn how they how and why they are the way they are. So uh, so that was just a little icing on the cake, just the flavor on the chicken. So go and check that out at your earliest convenience. We're gonna have another quick word from one of our sponsors, and we'll be right back with more panel riots right after this. Uh, What's wrong, Will? I just... I don't have any good art. What? I don't have any good art. How can you not have good art? Everyone needs good art. I know everyone needs good art. I just can't find any. Will, why didn't you come to me sooner? I don't know. Do you know a place? I do know a place. Where is it? Well, if you have access to the World Wide Web... Which I do. Go to www.coyotitude, spelled C-O-Y-O-T-I-T-U-D-E, dot com, where you'll find lots of good arts. That sounds awesome. What kind of art's there? Uh, do you like whale sharks? I love whale sharks. Yeah. Are you kidding me? Just whale sharks. Um, also lots of other animals and stuff. Very cool. I love animals. Because if you're going to put something on your wall, it might as well be an adorable animal. Of course. So is it just uh, is it just like prints and, and things like that? Oh yeah, and stickers, and buttons. Stick! I love stickers and buttons. And I know that you've got one of the most adorable cats ever. That's true. His name's Watson, and he's been on the show. Watson is a fantastic cat and gorgeous. Mm-hmm. And he should probably be immortalized someday. Guess where you can have that done? Where can you have that done? Coyotitude.com. What? You take requests? I do. I you do take commissions. commissions. That is fantastic. Yep. What's that website again? Coyotitude.com. Spell it. C-O-Y-O-T-I-T-U-D-E.com. Well, I'm going to go on the internet and check it out right now. Sounds good. And we're back. We're back. We're back on the rebirth train because there was one issue of rebirth that I read that was just magnificent just great top to bottom t to b a pleasure from beginning to end 
and I'm glad because I this was something I wanted to follow up on from uh, from the episode when I was from pre-birth from the pre-birth episode, uh, and that is Wonder Woman. It's amazing. It's so so good. It starts by uh, talking about how all these different origin stories for Diana, right? Um, and how in one she was kind of made out of clay and brought to life, and then another one her her um, mother slept with Zeus, and uh, that's how she uh, she was born, um, and that she had it. She was you know maybe she had a brother, maybe she didn't. Uh, you know, it's all these different origin stories, right? And uh, it, the whole that's the theme of the whole thing, how the story keeps changing, how her origin keeps changing, about how who and who Wonder Woman is and, and what she is um, keeps changing and getting further and further away from, you know, her, her core values, I guess. Um, she gets into that. But anyway, this, this is an interesting book because... Um, it's the the art is split almost completely down the middle and the way it works is uh well let's start written by Greg Rucka did an incredible job uh pencils were done by Matthew Clark for the first 14 pages and inks by Sean Parsons um and then for pages 15 through 20 Liam Sharp was the artist uh, colors for the first 14 were uh, Jeremy Caldwell and and then for 15 through 20, Laura Martin. And it's it works. It, I know it's strange, and it, it is a jarring transition, but it works. So we cut to Diana beating the crap out of some guys in what appears to be a strip club with some terrible stuff going on, and she saves these women, and she flies off, and she goes back to her apartment, and she says... Uh, the truth is, I no longer know the truth matters, or I think it does. And she looks at her golden lasso, and she looks at the helmet of Ares, because she was the god of war, probably. Now it's not so sure. And she says, uh, this is the helm of the god of war, won by Ares, won by me. I think I'm the god of war, yet I think that cannot be true. War. The first casualty of war is truth. And the whole thing just seems to be like a commentary on all of Wonder Woman up to this point. About, you know, all the different... Like, how... Now that New 52 is, you know, come and gone and rebirth has happened and everybody's getting their memories and everything back, you know, what do you do when you reconcile? You've got these two different or three different or multiple different lives in your brain at any given moment. It's... it's re really is fascinating. She talks about how she became Wonder Woman, all the different ways that uh, she was raised, and the different ways that she was introduced into the world of man, and so on and so forth. And it's it's really cool. <laughs> um, she, at one point, takes off the helmet and crushes it. She says, I shouldn't have been able to do that. This is the helmet of a god, as unbreakable as anything crafted by Hephaestus, as unbreakable as the golden, perfect, dot, 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 and it's the lasso. So she takes the lasso and she wraps it around her own arm and she starts asking herself questions. She says, who are you? She's a Wonder Woman. More. The whole truth. You're Diana, princess, daughter of Hippolyta, tenth queen of the Amazons. 
And then she looks herself in the mirror and she says, what am I? And it's this whole description of all the different things that she is to other people and, and to herself. You're many to many and, and all of this. And, and you've been deceived. She says, who did this and why? And I'm a fool. And she uh, she shatters her mirror and all the shards are different um, different parts from different eras and different stories of Wonder Woman. And it's it's really good. It's really uh, It's really fascinating. And she decides, you know, I forgot who I was. She takes off. She thro- drops the helmet. She takes off her uh, her tiara, throws off her boots, and then the art changes like that. And she's in a more traditional Wonder Woman outfit. And she picks up the helmet. Actually, yeah, she does pick up the helmet and looks at it. And then she teleports to Olympus and drops the helmet. And it starts to melt, which is strange. Oh, I bet that's connected. I bet she teleported using the helmet. I don't know. I don't know. Um, she fights a bunch of automatons, which are meant to defend Olympus. And she says, this is not Olympus. Change the story as much as you'd like. Whoever you are, you will not succeed. This lie is afraid of me. And it should be. And it's great. It, it, it's, you know, it sets the tone for what comes next in Wonder Woman, what her goal is going to be moving forward. Uh, it, you know, firmly entrenches her in this mystery of, you know, what happened to the universes and, you know, the, the whole thing with the Watchmen, if you've been reading up with, new, with, uh, with Rebirth and everything, you know that Watch, the, they've reintroduced the Watchmen. And, and this is interesting. It says, uh, next, follow Wonder Woman in two alternating stories as she untangles the mysteries of her present and her past. In two weeks, Wonder Woman number one, the lies begins and on sale july 13th wonder woman number two the start of year one so i think that means that the artists that we've seen here are going to be trading off on the books and i i guess that um uh greg rucka will write both of them um which sure you know Let's do it. I'm on board. This is great. I I only hope that it doesn't um it doesn't serve to split the people who are currently reading Wonder Woman. You know what I mean? Like they prefer one artist over the other or one storyline over the other. So as a result, they only pick up they pick up half the books. Uh it's an interesting experiment and I I'm I'm in I'm all in on it. I want to read these books. I want to see what happens with Wonder Woman and I can't wait to see where they go from here. So that's that's pretty much it, folks. Uh, I'm sorry for the little diversion there in the middle, but like I said, I didn't want to just complain about comics to you. That's not what this show's about, and that's not what I want it to be about. And and honestly, Wonder Woman was so good, I had to save it for last. I just had to. So go and get Wonder Woman and get Wacky Races, and don't get Aquaman. Don't ever, ever, ever ever get Aquaman. Before we close the book on another episode, a few short things to share with you. First and foremost, I would like to sincerely thank you for listening to Panel Riot, the only podcast in the world with three Michelin stars. Would you like more? More is available. You can find us at our beautiful base of operations, panelriot.com. Uh, from there, you can do all manner of things, including donating to the cause. There's a button that says Patreon. Click it and donate. 
you're wonderful, wonderful, amazing people. Please, please do it. It helps me produce a better show. We've got uh, we've got goals and we've got stretch goals and and we've got a few things that we're we're giving back. To that end, uh, our sincere thanks to Ellen Hemmington at Coyotitude, Meredith Staten at Mare Bear Doodles, Tony O'Garza at the W Revolution, Ed Burke at Ed Burke Thirty Seven, and of course, oh, the man himself at Sorgatron, our benevolent overlord. On a scale of 1 to 10, they are the best. Incidentally, I want to say something real quick about Ellen Hemington and Meredith Staten. Um, if you're in the Pittsburgh area, they are going to be doing art at uh, at AnthroCon, at the Pittsburgh Furry Convention. Go and just buy everything that they have. They are both incredibly, incredibly talented artists, and there there is no one there more worthy of your uh, of your hard earned dollars than than them and the things that they have to offer. They're fantastic. They have an artist table, and I think I, I, I'm sure one or both of them are involved in the auction as well. So go and give generously because they are two very, very, very talented artists. You can find us on Twitter at Panel Riot. I'm at DJ Lunchbox. You can also follow Internet Sensation and Panel Riot Intern Stan at Intern Stan. You can also follow our wonderful sponsor, the Petri Family at Petri Wine. Our show is available anywhere fine podcasts are sold, including iTunes, Spreaker, Google Play Music. It's all there. If if there's podcasts available, uh, you can find Panel Riot. All you have to do is search for it. Also. If if podcatchers aren't your bag, you can go to panelriot.com, click the link that says most recent episode, and it does what it say it do. If you listen on iTunes, and this is important, this is a big deal, uh, please, please, please go over and review the show. Give us one of them fancy five-star reviews that everybody likes to have. Uh, it helps more people find the show. There is no better way of getting the word out there than leaving a bunch of high-starred reviews on iTunes. It's crazy. I don't know the specifics of how it works because they don't tell us. Just just go and, and review if you can. Uh, and if you do, you will acquire your heart's desire without any of the weird, ironic genie shit. So you'll have that. Um, I want to know what you think of the show. Please email us, panelriot at gmail.com, or head on over to panelriot.com and click the link that says Contact Us. Tell me what you're reading, what you like, what you don't like, if you think that Rebirth is worth it or not. Thanks for listening, true believers, and remember, life is too short to read bad comics. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com. I wish that. Now, I'm supposed to man. Leave all of the no works that. Leave all of the no works that. Leave all of the no works that.